Jesus continued, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and it was you that visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The king will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. that time of year again where you can't help but walk into any store and pass right by someone ringing that bell. Yesterday was my first encounter with the bell ringers and I must admit I walked right on by and I didn't even check if I had any cash or spare change. I didn't even act like I was checking like I normally would so that I don't get a desk there from the person ringing that bell. Then on our way home from the store, there was a woman at the intersection. She held up a sign that said, anything helps, God bless. And again, I didn't even check the cup holders to see if I had any loose change. A few nickels or a couple pennies even, and I just said a little prayer and drove on by. Does that make me a sheep or a goat? After all, the money that goes into those red kettles provides meals to those who are hungry, clothes to people who are homeless, and social services to folks who are sick or impoverished. Or what about the woman at the street corner or the people we pass on Washington Street headed into town 
They need food or water or money, and yet I rarely give it. Or what about in two days? The countless appeals that you're going to get from organizations for Giving Tuesday. All of those are instances to help a neighbor in need. No? And if I don't do them, does that mean I go away into eternal punishment forever? What we really want to know is are we righteous or accursed? Are we on the left hand or the right hand? Are we sheep or are we goats? And it would be easy to think that this parable from Matthew provides a simple, straightforward answer. If I do acts of mercy to those less fortunate, I drop a few coins in a kettle, I give some money to the person at the intersection, then I'm good to go. But if I don't, well, then I guess I'm just a sheep out of luck, otherwise known as a goat. It seems easy enough, but there are more than a few problems with such a reading. First and foremost, this passage is a parable. Just like the last two stories that we have read over the last couple of weeks, it's not meant to be a prediction or a foretelling of what will happen or what's to come at the end time. Rather, it's a teaching like all the others, and it reveals something about Christ himself and how and where we encounter him. Secondly, how many times must I do these acts of mercy to move from being a goat to a sheep? Jesus says, just as you did it to one of the least of these, so does it only take one time? One act of mercy? Or is it the opposite? One missed opportunity and you're forever marked as a goat. Lastly, the king says that the righteous will inherit the kingdom prepared for them from the beginning of time. Yet you don't work to inherit something. It's simply given to you. And so does that mean that God decided before who would be sheep and who would be goats? You can see the problems. So for me, the story is not about doing acts of mercy that get you to be a sheep so that you can get into heaven. Because the truth is, we're all goats. Stinky, smelly, sometimes greedy goats. No amount of money given to red kettles, no number of people fed or clothed or visited is going to change that. Only one thing changes that and changes us, and that's faith. We are saved, made sheep, if you will, by faith alone, which comes to us through Christ's death and resurrection, making it so that we too died and were raised in new life. No longer does God look upon us as the sinners that we are, but instead sees only Christ, and Christ works, not ours. No longer are we goats worried about what to do and how so that we become sheep. Instead, acts of mercy, they just spontaneously happen. Freely, 
flow from the faith that is ours through Christ. As Luther puts it, faith is a divine work in us that changes us. It births us anew out of God. It makes us into entirely different people from our heart, our soul, our mind, and all of our powers. It is a busy, living, active, mighty thing, this faith. Impossible that it should not do good works. It does not ask if we should do good works or good things, but it's already doing them and is always doing them. And giving money, supporting those in need, and loving our neighbors in all the ways that we might do or might choose to do are all signs that God is at work in you, whether you realize it or know it or not. But even our good works, or what we try to do well or try to do good, are tinged with a bit of sin. No? We might be made sheep, but that doesn't suddenly make us or this world perfect. Here's here's what I mean. If I put money in that red kettle, but I do so out of fear that if I don't, then I'm going to spend eternity in a fire made for the devil and all of the devil's angels, am I really serving my neighbor in need or myself? And is giving to the Salvation Army, is it really the best use of my money? Are there other organizations doing better work or using money more efficiently and effectively? How do I choose what cause to give to? Is it houses in Haiti? Is it refugees and those fleeing the Middle East? Is it work that's happening right here in our local community? How do I choose? The need is overwhelming. Or what about the people holding signs on street corners like the woman I passed just yesterday? What we might think a good deed could cause more harm than good. What if the person suffers from addiction and uses the money to buy opioids or alcohol? Am I just enabling their lifestyle? Or what if they robbed because they live on the street? A frequent occurrence. So maybe I don't do that. Maybe I don't give the spare change or the 20 that's in my wallet. I never carry cash, so that's not likely. But maybe I don't do that. And so instead, I give them a list of resources, places that they can call, like this one from Chip. But what good is a list like this if they don't have a phone or it's not charged? or they struggle to communicate for any host of reasons, or they just don't have food for that night. And this list does no good because they're hungry. And another problem, if I serve one neighbor, does that limit me from serving someone else? Do I start with the neediest person? And if so, how do I pick? And if I spend all of my time serving or helping others who are struggling and in need, how can I serve my own family? Or who takes care of them? Or if I put myself at risk and something happens to me, who will care for them? 
You can see that the list goes on and on until we feel helpless or we are paralyzed or we decide not to do anything at all because no matter what we do, there's just a little bit of sin attached to any choice we make. And so what do we do? Be a sinner and sin boldly, but let your faith in Christ be stronger. That's what Martin Luther wrote to his friend Philip and a group of reformers who were trying to make changes that were free of sin. But with every thought and decision that they made, they became more and more aware that sin was unavoidable. It was going to happen. And the same is true for us. We are both righteous and unrighteous. We are sheep and we are goats. And everything we do is tinged with sin, no matter the intention or the outcome of what happens. And yet we are still called to serve and love our neighbor. Who is Jesus? That's the point of the parable. That Christ the King is revealed not in the halls of power or in thrones of wealth, but in those who are hungry and thirsty and the sick and the stranger, the homeless and the imprisoned, or simply your neighbor who is in need. The ones that we so often walk by or turn our eyes from. And so let your faith spur you into action this holiday season and sin boldly, trusting in Christ all the more. If you walk past the red kettle and someone ringing that daggone bell, it's up to you. Drop your spare change, put your money in it, or walk by it. Whatever you do, sin boldly and trust Christ all the more. If you don't give your money to that and you decide to give it to someplace else, some other organization, sin boldly. And trust Christ all the more. If you, if you give money to the person at the intersection, sin boldly and trust Christ all the more. If you give a list of resources or you drive on by as you say a prayer, sin boldly and trust Christ all the more. It is faith that moves us into action. And it makes what we do good works in the eyes of God. So sin boldly. But let your faith in Christ be stronger. Amen.